Hey, good morning, Simple Church. Uh, happy Memorial Day, although our hearts are heavy when we think about all that we've gone through this past week. And I want you to know that we filmed this video that you're about to watch before the tragic events in Texas. So as we walk through today, there are great resources, great insights on why. Uh, and it's from Rick Warren and Andy Stanley and Dr. Tony Evans out of Dallas, uh, way smarter people than me. Uh, so hopefully it'll help us as we navigate even things that we didn't know were going to happen. But I also just want you to know if you are a teacher, if you're in administration, education in any way, shape or form, if you're a first responder, uh, we obviously are thinking about you as well because these are the events that are just hard for us all to process. So as we watch all that's going on, know that we will also put some links for resources to help you. Uh, the full messages are on here, uh, resources on how to help your kids if you've got some things going on. And as you have some time off with your family, now more than ever, we realize how important that is. So don't feel guilty about not being here. There's no services. Enjoy the time with your family and your friends. Take time to watch the message like you're doing now. Uh, thank you for doing that. And just know we'll be back next week uh, and live at Shreveport Convention Center. And I will even have more time to process and hopefully walk through the why of all that we're going through. So thank you, God bless you. Thanks for loving on us. Thanks for watching. And we're praying for everyone involved. God bless you. Enjoy the service. Hey, good morning, Simple Church, and happy Memorial Day. And I'm just so thankful that you're watching today. We know you could be doing a lot of other things, but that you tuned in today, it means the world to us. And today, it is the unofficial start of summer, but it's not just about hot dogs and going to the lake, although it's a beautiful day to do that. More importantly, it is about remembering, saluting, and honoring those who have served. And so we want to start off a little video to all of those that have sacrificed for us to have the freedoms that we enjoy today. Check this out. To the brave men and women who stood up for freedom, who answered the call and fought for our nation, who paid the ultimate price and never came back. To the American soldier, we thank you. To the mothers and fathers who raised a hero, to the brothers and sisters with an empty space, to the sons and daughters who have only memories, to the wives and husbands who bear the void with pride, to all who've lost a soldier they love, no gift could repay your sacrifice, no tribute could match our admiration, no word can contain our gratitude, but still, it deserves to be said, we remember you, we salute you, and we honor you today. Thank you again for all the sacrifice that have been made to give us the freedom that we enjoy today. 
And also, I want to just take a minute to say all of you that watch all around the nation, it just really does impress us that we get to go online and see all of the contacts. So thank you for tuning in. And what you're about to see today, whether you're local or around the nation, we've never done before. I've never done a message quite like today because we're going to celebrate three of the biggest influences in my life and take some clips from those great communicators and let you see them today. We're going to be talking with Andy Stanley today, Tony Evans, and of course, Rick Warren. I say talking, really, they'll be talking and we'll be listening and hopefully helping us with this question we've been working through the whole why thing. Now, Andy's going to be the first one up, and the reason I chose him to go first is because it's who I pulled some of the things that I talked about last week uh, to include in my message. But there's one little section that I really think is important today. It's about Admiral Jim Stockdale. That's right, uh, an unbelievable Vietnam vet, and his story is crazy when you start really looking at the why. So as we walk through this beginning part, make sure you tune in and listen, because I love Andy one of my great, great influences. So thankful for him teaching, and I think it'll help you as well. So check out this video, and I'll see you in just a couple of minutes. So I think C.S. Lewis was spot on when he wrote these famous words. He wrote, God whispers to us in our pleasures, speaks in our conscience, but shouts in our pain. And then for the next few minutes, I wanna talk about how he completes this thought. You may have read this before. It is talking about pain. Pain is his megaphone to rouse a deaf world. And maybe that's your story. Uh, you were going along kind of minding your own business. You hadn't given God a thought in maybe many years or maybe ever. And then you got that call. You felt that pain. You got that bad news. You realized your life would never be the same again. And you found yourself looking up and then you found yourself face to face with a God you'd never believed in before that perhaps you had abandoned in childhood and you've been believing ever since, that pain was in fact the megaphone that got your attention. Or maybe your story is the opposite of that. Pain in the world or maybe personal suffering caused you to doubt God. It's the thing that caused you to lose faith. Isn't it interesting that people with identical experiences or near identical experiences can arrive at different conclusions about faith in God when it comes to their experience? with pain. That's what I wanna talk about for the next few minutes. Now, you may be familiar with this name, Admiral Jim Stockdale, Admiral Jim Stockdale. Admiral Jim Stockdale um, actually ran for vice president back in the 90s, but what he's most famous for was he was a POW during the Vietnam World. He was actually a, a vice admiral in the Navy, um, and he was the highest ranking, this is amazing, he was the highest ranking United States military officer to be imprisoned in the Hanoi Hilton prisoner of war camp during the Vietnam War. In fact, he was a POW for eight years. He was tortured over 20 times. And, he and one of the reasons he was tortured, he refused to participate in the North Vietnamese propaganda machine. He actually took a razor and disfigured his own face so they would not put him on camera. Well, years later, after he was out and accomplished some extraordinary things, um, Jim Collins interviewed him when he was writing his book, Good to Great. Some of you have read that book. And in the interview, of course, um, Jim Collins asked the question that we would all ask. He said, how in the world did you survive eight years in a POW camp? And, and here's, here's what he said. He said, I never lost faith in the end of the story. I never lost faith in the end of the story. This is such a powerful statement to me. I thought about just reading this and then we could just close in prayer. This is such an extraordinary, extraordinary statement. But he continues and he explains. He, he said the following, 
I never doubted not only that I would get out, but also that I would prevail in the end and turn the experience into the defining event of my life, which in retrospect, I would not trade. That's amazing. And then Jim Collins asked him this question. He said, well, you made it out. Tell me about the people who didn't make it out. Who, who didn't make it out? And his answer surprised everybody. He said, oh, that's easy. The optimist, the optimist. Jim said, what do you mean by optimist? And here's what he said. He said, the optimists were the ones who said, well, we're gonna be out by Christmas and Christmas would come and Christmas would go. And then, then they'd say, well, we're gonna be out by Easter and Easter would come and Easter would go. And then Thanksgiving, and then it would be Christmas again. And he went on to say this, those men died of a broken heart. And then he turned to Jim Collins. He said, what I'm about to say is so very important. What I'm about to say next is the lesson to take away from all of this. Here's what he said. He said, you must never confuse faith that you will prevail in the end. You must never confuse faith that you will prevail in the end, which you can never afford to lose. You can never afford to lose that you are gonna prevail in the end, but you can't confuse that kind of confidence and faith with the discipline to confront the most brutal facts of your current reality, whatever that might be. Now, this statement is sometimes referred to as the Stockdale paradox. And you know what a paradox is. A paradox is a statement that on the surface doesn't seem to make any sense. And then you explore it further and it actually proves to be true. And the paradox that he's pointing to, the reason this is called a paradox is the paradox is to never give up hope, but never deceive yourself about current reality. You never give up hope, but at the same time, you don't refuse to face the things that you don't wanna face, the things that would cause you to possibly lose hope. You hold both of them. You never give up hope and you never deceive yourself about current reality. And the reason I bring that up is that Christianity, our faith actually comes prepackaged with a similar paradox. And the similar paradox is this, that we have a future hope and it is tethered to a brutal fact, to use his term, that we have a future hope and it is tethered to, it comes complete with a brutal fact. And the problem is for many of us as Christians, we get so focused on the hope that we try to pray away, faith away and obey away the brutal fact that is part of the package. In fact, some versions of Christianity, maybe you were raised with one of these versions, some versions of Christianity just deny the brutal fact. So let's begin with that. The brutal fact of Christianity, here it is. It's the one that's easy to lose sight of, especially when things are going good. But if you lose sight of it when things are going well, it creates confusion, it creates faithlessness, and it creates despair when things turn upside down. Here's the brutal fact. There is a cause and effect relationship between sin and suffering. And we know this on a personal level because all of us have done things that we consider bad and we suffered because of it. We have all experienced the pain that is associated with certain behaviors. Um, if you're a Jesus follower and use the word sin, you know that you have experienced the consequences, the personal consequences of personal sin. So we, we all get that. But the brute fact, the fact that is so difficult for many people to get their mind and hearts around is this, that the relationship, the cause and effect relationship between sin and suffering goes beyond personal behavior. It is a global reality. The brutal fact is that there is a global relationship between sin and suffering. This is the part we resist. And the reason we resist it is because it's not fair and it takes everything out of our control. Did God cause it? No. 
Will God use it? Absolutely. He will use it as a wake-up call to rouse this world to get us to look up and regain or find for the first time our hope. It's a wake-up call for anyone who has ears to hear. And one day, one day the world will be as we know it should be. One day the world will be as we know it should be. One day there will be no more sin, no more sorrow, no more death, but not yet, not you and not me. Again, C.S. Lewis says it so eloquently when he wrote these words. He said, if I find in myself a desire which no experience in this world can satisfy. That is, if I am able to imagine a better world and there is something in me that longs for that better world, if I find within myself a desire that no experience in this world can satisfy, the most probable explanation, the most probable explanation is that I was made and that you were made for another world. So, Admiral Stockdale was exactly right. We must never lose faith in the end of the story. And my friends, this is not the end. This is just the messy, messy middle. And in this messy middle, we can have the confidence that the New Testament authors had when they said that we can have confidence in God. We can have confidence that God loves us, that God is for us, that God cares for us us and that God will judge sin, but he loves those of us left in the wake of his judgment on sin. That as we've seen, he had every right to just walk away. But in fact, he chose to wade in and experience this life as we experience it with us. Our, our present sufferings, our present, our present sufferings are nothing to be compared with our future hope. Our present sufferings are just another reminder of the global consequences of sin. They're just another reminder of our need for a savior, of the world's need for a savior. Our current circumstances are just another reminder that one day God will in fact make all things new. If I find within myself a desire that no experience in this world can satisfy, the most probable explanation is that we were made for another world. Hey, you know, when Andy's talking about being uh, really prepared for another world, focused on another world, it reminds me when I was doing middle school ministry, I actually did a series about aliens and strangers. And it's First Peter 2.11, I believe. And it talks about us being aliens in this world, reminding us that it doesn't make sense in this world. And we're really not supposed to be here that this is a temporary place for us and that we will one day be home finally in heaven. So I really appreciate what Andy had to say there. Hopefully it helps you to understand a little bit more uh, what this whole why thing is all about. But I promise you this next clip is really gonna help you as well. One of my favorites, Dr. Tony Evans, uh, Oak Cliff Bible Fellowship in Dallas. And one of the first devotions I ever had in my life was from Dr. Tony Evans. But I was looking online, looking for people talking about the why and how to work through the why. And their story, uh, Priscilla Shire, his daughter's in here, his other sons are in this video. Uh, but I've only pulled just about a three minute clip just to help you understand a different perspective from somebody way smarter than me. Andy way smarter, Tony's definitely way smarter. But just look at the insight of Tony Evans when he talks about the chaos and the disruption of the why. When things are not going right on this planet, how do we handle all that? 
I promise you, Dr. Tony Evans knows exactly what he's talking about. And once again, I think we can learn from the best. Watch this. God creates or allows confusion, chaos, trouble, because he's trying to get things that are either out of order back in order or to take us to a new level. Hebrews chapter 12 talks about God shaking things mm -hmm. in the physical because he wants to do something in the spiritual. Mm. So when there is disturbance in the five senses of our lives, in the environment of our lives, in the chaos of the culture, it is because he is shaking things to remake something in its proper order. Things have gotten either out of order or there is a new purpose that he is moving to. And so he will, he will allow Pharaoh to get tougher mm. so that you can leave Egypt <laughs> and not get comfortable there. So he will create. So I, I just want to encourage people, if you're going through pain, struggle, grief, disappointment, while those feelings are real and you don't deny them, also ask God what new thing, what new experience. I, I love Job 42. He's come through great loss. I mean, in 24 hours, his whole world falls apart. His business, his family, his workers, his children, his health, everything falls apart. And he never even found out why. The book never mm. tells mm -hmm. Job about the conversation between God and Satan. But in chapter 42, he makes a powerful statement. He says, I've heard about you with the hearing of the ear. I've been to Bible study, been to church, been to small group, all that, been to Sunday school, but now I have seen you with my own eyes. So ask God when your world falls apart to make himself visible to you in a new way. And he wants to do it because of what he allowed to disrupt your ease and your comfortable situation right there. Hey, I love what Dr. Tony Evans says, man, when your world falls apart, ask for God to show you a new way. And I'm hoping that's what you're getting out of this series. I mean, this is only week two. We got one more week after this, but we're learning from the best from Andy to Tony to now Rick Warren, man. That's why I'm holding the book. This book right here, huge influence in Simple Church, huge influence in our life because this purpose-driven church book changed everything for us. Uh, an unbelievable leader in our community and around the world. And now in the midst of him being an awesome author and a huge church out on the West Coast, he also has some insight when it comes to the why. And you may say, well, what's his story? Uh, it's a sad story, it's a difficult story. His son committed suicide and in the midst of all of that struggle, he really got very transparent about how to walk through this and some lessons for all of us. So I pulled this clip, hopefully, as you're watching today, you will understand why this transparency is so important. I'm hurting, I didn't know what to do. Even as someone as educated and as amazing as Rick Orn is opening his heart up to say, hey man, I get it, I've been there. So as we watch this, listen close, write down some stuff because I'm gonna come back at the end and give you a little bit more insight of things that touched me. This is Rick Warren talking about his son. My youngest son, Matthew, struggled with mental illness his entire life. He was born as a, as a child. We could see he was clinically depressed as a child. And I remember when he was 17 years old, he came to me in tears. He loved the Lord. He had a tender heart, a tortured mind. Tender heart, tortured mind. He led people to Christ. He gave my book out to people. He would witness to people on suicide sites. He said, Dad, it just doesn't work for me. I just can't get the depression out. And when at 17, he came to me and he said, Dad, it's real obvious I'm not gonna be healed. 
He said, We've, we, we have gone to the best doctors. I've had the best medicine. Dad, I, I've gone to the best healers, men of faith, women of faith. I said, Dad, you're a man of faith. Mom is a woman of faith. You've prayed for me, intercessors. Uh, I've gone to the best counselors. He said, it's real clear. I'm not going to get well. Why can't I just die and go on to heaven? I know where I'm going. Why can't I just go on? I, I just don't want the pain anymore. That'll break your heart as a father, okay, to have your son. And in tears, I'm standing there flooding tears down my face. And I said, Matthew, I, I don't think you want to die. I just think you want to be over the pain. You want relief. And I said, here's my prayer. One, I will never stop praying for a miracle because miracles do happen. As a pastor, I've seen thousands of miracles, physical miracles. I've seen many, many miracles. So I know they happen. But because they're miracles, because they don't always happen, not every time. Uh, and so sometimes it doesn't. And, and I said, my prayer is, A, you'll be miraculously cured, okay? And I will never stop praying for that. And I do have a prayer ministry. And number two, though, if not, I pray that through your own spiritual growth and maturity, good counselor, good medication, you'll be able to manage. Because Matthew, the truth is on this earth, not everything gets healed. This is hev not heaven, this is earth. In heaven, there's no more sadness, sorrow, sickness, suffering. But he said, there's pain here on earth. And that's why we are to pray in the Lord's Prayer, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Because in heaven, God's will is done perfectly, completely, instantly, and continuously. On earth, none of that's true. I often don't do God's will. You often don't do God's will. Other people, and so we hurt people intentionally, unintentionally, and there's, everything is broken on this planet by sin. The weather's broken, the economy's broken, our bodies are broken. Our minds are broken. Everything's, we live in a broken planet. And that's why the Bible says in Romans, creation groans for the day of, of salvation. So I said, what do you do when a problem can't be solved? And there, if I have a child who has cerebral palsy, that child's gonna have it the rest of its life, most likely. In those kind of things, you have to manage the problem. And some problems aren't miracles. Some problems are managed for the glory of God. So my prayer is that you'll be able to manage it and then God will give you a ministry of helping other people. Hmm. Well, uh, about eight years ago, Matthew'd come over to our house for uh, dinner one night and we had a good time. We watched TV, played a few games. There's no problem, no rift. He lived in his own home. As he was leaving, he said, Dad, I'm just so tired. I'm, I'm so tired. And that was the last we heard from him. Wow. So about 24 hours later, we are worried because what we'd feared might happen someday and what we would pray would never happen. We go over to his house. His car's in the driveway. The door's locked. We don't have a key to get into his house. And we're waiting for the police to come break down the door to find this terrible moment in our lives. And Kay and I are standing on the driveway, hugging each other, sobbing, just sobbing. And Kay reaches down and she's wearing a necklace that has two words that are the words of the title of the book she'd just written, Choose Joy. And I look at her and I say, how do you choose joy? 
when your heart is breaking in a million pieces? How do you choose joy? The police came, broke the door down, found the, the inevitable bad news. They're carrying my sons out in a body bag. And I, if I hadn't had a small group, I, I don't know that I'd still be in ministry right now, but that, that group that I'd been in for so many years, those couples showed up within 30 minutes, 15, 20 minutes on that driveway. And they didn't say anything. They just hugged us, okay? They just hugged us. And, and they said, we're not going to leave you alone tonight. The guys hugged the, me and the women hugged Kay. They said, we're coming to your house. You don't have to say anything. We're, we're just going to be with you. Now, this is an important thing I want to say to those of you who are watching. I teach this to pastors all around the world. The deeper the pain, the fewer words you use. This is an important thing to remember. The deeper the pain, the fewer words you use. If somebody's having a bad hair day, you can have a 30 minute, you know, conversation, okay? But if somebody's just lost a son to suicide, you show up and shut up. There's nothing you can say. It's the ministry of presence. People say, I don't know what to say. Don't say anything. Just show up and shut up. That is the ministry of presence. Now, let me go back to when I said how God uses in every purpose. Out of that pain came, for the next 16 weeks, I spent it alone with God. I was either with Kay or with God. I didn't do any preaching, no staff meeting, nothing, for 16 weeks. I had all my buddies, okay, uh, Judah Smith and uh, Judd Wilhite and all, I had 60, Greg Laurie, all came in and preached for me for 16 weeks, okay? And I was either with Cod or with Kay and just listening. I received during that time, I'm not exaggerating, maybe 30, 35,000 letters of condolences. And the ones that meant the most to me, honestly, Matt, were not the ones from rock stars and presidents and prime ministers. They, they wrote me. Many, many people that I didn't know wrote me and gave great condolences. The ones that meant the most to me were people that Matthew had led to Christ. Oh my goodness. And they said, I know that Matthew struggled with mental illness his entire life, but he led me to faith. And I'm gonna be in heaven because of him. And he was talking to me on a suicide site and he talked me out of it. And I'm gonna be in heaven because, and I remember writing in my journal that day, in God's garden of grace, even broken trees bear fruit. My goodness. And then I wrote, and we're all broken. Okay, we're, we're all broken, okay. So if you think that reading Purpose Driven Life's gonna give you a perfect life, don't even bother. It will give you a life of purpose, and it will help you understand how God uses all these things. And the fifth thing was God uses pain to be a witness. I, I actually think that our greatest witness to the world is how we handle pain. Not how we handle good times. There's a guy I've been witnessing to on my block for 20 years, and he was not interested in anything. He just shut down, closed. 
But when Matthew died, I remember driving by one day and he's out watering his lawn and he looks up at me and he goes, and I'm going, that got to him. That got to him. And all of a sudden it was real. And he was watching how I was handling the worst circumstances of my life. And so, as I say, your greatest ministry will come out of your deepest pain. I say that from experience. There's not a week go by that somebody famous calls me with either a mental illness issue or a suicide issue. And I'm talking about from the highest of the highest people, personalities in politics and in celebrity. And Kay and I did not ask for this ministry of ministering to families with mental illness and ministering to families struggling with suicide of a family member. I didn't want that ministry, but it's one that God gave us and I'm not gonna waste the pain. So I would say to everybody, whatever your pain is, have you been molested? My wife was molested as a little girl in a church. She has used that pain to help others, okay? Uh, cancer, I, I, don't, you're gonna go through pain in life, just don't waste it. If you're gonna go through pain, you might as well use it to help somebody else out. Well, if you're still with us, you know you've heard some awesome stuff from Andy and from Rick and now Dr. Tony Evans, but I also gotta just say, is it not great what he said? Just show up and shut up. Sometimes, man, when things are going bad, you just gotta have the ministry of presence. Just be there. God really does wanna work through all of us and we don't have all the answers, but as we're trying to figure out what to do and how to make it, I want you to know, we have a job on this planet. We're here because we can encourage, we can help, we can equip. And Ephesians reminds us that, man, we all are ministers. It's not just about these big name ministers that I look up to and admire. It's about you and I finding a way in the midst of all the struggle, the chaos, the disruption, the pain, the hurt, to point to Jesus and remind them of the hope that we have in Him. So don't give up today. Thanks for watching. I hope you have a great Memorial Day and I'm gonna be back live next week right at Shreveport Convention Center and we're here on the internet as well so that you can check out these messages. But if you wanna see the full interviews of everything that I've shown today, whether it was Dr. Tony Evans or Andy, the full message or Rick Warren, the links are up below. All you gotta do is just click on the link and it'll help you to see everything. I know it's kinda long today, but I, there's even more. So you can look at all of that as well. But thank you for watching today. I can't wait to see you next week in person. I love you. God bless you, and last we always say, peace.